0: Take your Bibles now to Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, last week we start up at verse 19. Guess where we're at today? Verse 20. Let's go. Let's, we're just preaching through Hebrews 11 and taking it as it comes. Um, I love the stories um, uh, uh, about Noah. Like, and We've talked about it. Like, He was a man of faith in a world that was falling apart and God was going to destroy the earth. But there was a family that rose up to serve God and do what's right. Enoch was this guy that doesn't have a lot written about him, but he was a man that walked with God, and God blessed him. Abel was this man that we don't know a lot about. He, his, his life was shortened. But this I know about, it. he put God first. Right. But I know there's a lot of people that are like, man, my life does not match with those stories. If we're being honest, a lot of people look back at their lives and say, my life was more of a, a mess, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I know that there would be a testimony of a lot of people that say, when I look back on my life, I've made a a lot of mistakes. Not proud of the things that I've done. I've made decisions in my life that put me on another path that that was just issue after issue after issue. And it's just nothing that I want to brag about. But I I want you to see the story today that God led us to. Faith is trusting or believing or stepping into a new beginning. It is is not this epic story about just this this guy that did all the right things and God just poured out blessing on him. It's more of a story about a guy that he didn't do the right things. Last week we studied Abraham and the story of Isaac, and then there's uh, two main verses that just carry on that because his son Isaac goes on and carries the legacy of what God's doing. Uh, but there's a huge backstory to this. So I'm going to read this to you. You're going to be like, wow, not, not, not anything significant. But there's aspects of this that are so significant. Hebrews 11:20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon uh, the, the top of his staff. And you're like... Okay, so you got an old guy worshiping God, leaning on a stick. Okay, not the epic story of uh, building a boat, rescuing, him, or parting the Red Sea, and all these other stories. Not that kind of story. So we're almost like, okay, can we just skip this and go on? And I, I but there's so much in here. I, w- I want to back up the verse 20 by faith, Isaac. Bless Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. So in the Bible, they would have the birthright or whoever was the first in line. And that would be the person that was the oldest that would carry on the property, get the deeds and things like that. But the blessing would be the, the official uh, anointing of them to carry it on. It'd be the dad saying, I'm no longer to be here. Uh, I want you to pass on this legacy. I want you to live out the promise. I want you to run with the ball that God's given us to do. I, I anoint you. I bless you. I, 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 I encourage you to do this. Passing on the promise. So I want you to get this picture. I, w- I want you to visualize this verse in verse 21 Uh, By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, so this old man barely can move around, bless both the sons of Joseph. This is his grandkids. He's blessing his grandkids. You're like, ah, thought they blessed their kids. Why the grandkids? And worshiped. The Bible interjects that in there. He's not just blessing in the middle of this. He steps back, and he begins just to to maybe break down in tears or lift up his hands, and he's worshiping God in this, this holy moment of just bragging on God. Leaning on the top of his staff. Okay, it's like unnecessary information. It was like while he was sitting in a padded seat. You know, it was like, okay, what, what is it? That unnecessary information, but there's so much here. You guys know that Jacob's name was changed to Israel. He's blessing his grandkids. He's blessing the children of Israel, the, the land, the promise, all these things that we have, the things that we're reading in the news and watching the news reports, that same Israel, that same promise is being unveiled and torn, uh, told to us here. Uh, but I, I think of it this way. If I could go up to Jacob as he's worshiping and leaning on this staff and be like, dude, what is, what's the big deal? Are you okay? I mean... I mean, you're a little emotional here. You're all weepy and raising your hands and, and, and just saying, praise God, praise God. And like, what's the big deal? Why, why are you so so caught up in this moment? Tears of joy. I think Jacob would come back and say, because I don't deserve any of this. My life is a mess. I have made mistakes and We would come back in an interview like that and say, Jacob, let me tell you, buddy, we've all made mistakes. He would respond and say, not like this. Sometimes we look back on our life and our lives are totally in another place because of a moment, a time, a situation that we blew it Isaac grows up. Let me give you the backstory. Maybe you want to follow along in Genesis, or if you want to uh, just follow along on the sh- screen, I want you guys to know we always say, take out your phone and look in the Church Center app. In the Church Center app, there's digital notes on the front page. You just click on that. You're going to get the full outline. If you miss something, you don't have to worry about it. The whole outline is right there. And it's not because I want you to take your phone and then leave and go to Bob Evans because you say, we already know what's going to happen. It's just so that you don't miss anything, okay? Um, so here, here, Isaac grows up, he marries Rebekah, and then in verse 21, Genesis 25, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord entreated him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, if it be so, why am I thus? She's like, why is there a battle happening in there? And this is more than indigestion, okay, this is more than heartburn going on. And she inquired of the Lord. that the, the boys were fighting in her womb. They were li- Literally, this war is going on between these twins. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and, and one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. God already knew what was going to happen. And his foreknowledge, he said, Let me tell you, Jacob would be the father of Israel, but Esau would be the father of the Edomites. They were opposing nations. This was out of sorts because normally the older would take the initiative, or the older would lead. The older would get the uh, birthright and the blessing. He would get the, the heritage and the anointing to carry it out. Notice verse 24. "In the days to be delivered were fulfilled. Behold, there went out twins of her womb. And the first came out red. Okay, he was all red and patchy looking and, and, and all over like a hairy garment. Can all you guys say together, ugly baby? I, I, you're just saying, uh, we are not the judge. Can I read it again? And they called his name ugly, uh, Esau, okay? And, and I know we, in our culture today, we're not allowed to call babies ugly. We're not supposed to lie. And I, that's hard for us. It's like you come up and say, hey, did you see my baby? And our natural response is you want to say, that's an ugly baby. But what I've learned from experience... That we're not really supposed to say things like that. So if you say things like that, let me just give you advice from somebody that's made mistakes, okay? Don't say it. It doesn't go well. Even if it's the truth, and you come back, and I explained to the mom, I said, ma'am, I said, it's just the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And just like, I, I know the Bible. Anyways, sometimes you don't tell the truth. I mean, you always tell the truth. Don't just like, take that off, though. All right, let's keep moving. Verse twenty six, and after that came his brother out, and listen to this: And his hand took hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And, and this literally has happened as the Bible's talking about. You know, from the womb is the sin; we're born with a sinful nature, and he, and he's, it, his name was called because he did this. He was called heel snatcher. It's like. Literally, I'm, I'm trying to get ahead. I'm trying to cheat my way through life. His name means supplanter, which literally means deceiver or cheat, cheater, or someone that doesn't, uh, that doesn't play by the rules. He, he does whatever to get ahead, and he, he's a deceiver in this way. And they literally name him that why, why would you like to introduce yourself as Jacob? And everybody's like, like deceivers? Like, oh, no, I don't know what my parents were thinking when they named me. But his name meant deceiver. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter and a man in the field, and Jacob was a plain man and dwelling in tents. Can I just explain this? Jacob was a plain man. He was gentle and soft. Okay, that's what the Bible is describing. He was a dweller of tents. He, he was one that stayed home with mom and made soup together. That's, that's what they did. He, he, he had an apron with his name on it. Okay, this is very different than his brother. Let me explain And his brother uh, was a cunning man, a man of the field. You know, I mean, he's like, I, I, he, he had a membership, the Bass Pro Shop. I mean, this dude was, was hairy and buff and, you know, like he was a manly man. And the other one had the apron and stayed, he was a dweller of tents. It's like, he, he didn't even have a suntan. He, he stayed at home with mom. And the Bible is describing this. And then mom and dad had favorites. You don't believe me. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. That's a that's a great reason to love your boy. Okay, it's like <laughs> not because he's a great guy. It's just like he 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 kills deer and feeds it to me. Okay. And but Rebecca loved Jacob. Let me ask you a question. You guys just be honest with. It. How many of you have a favorite child? Raise your hand right now. Wow, hands are going up. Wow, you guys are brave. <laughs> Yeah, you, just, you just say your kids are here. You're all on camera right now, just so you know. I'm going to send this to your kids. Don't know which one. They had favorites, and let me tell you, Rebecca and Isaac weren't the greatest parents. And I, I know we talk about the heroes of the faith, and the ones that were, they, they weren't perfect parents. And by the way, none of us are. And a lot of times when we look at the, these passages in Scripture, we're all thinking about they were just perfect people that had it all. No, they weren't. They weren't. We, we struggle in life. We struggle as parents. We struggle as teens. It's not a matter of God being able to use us because we're perfect. It's, God uses us because of grace. Time goes by. One day there's a story that a lot of us are familiar with about Esau selling his birthright. So uh, Esau goes out, he's hunting and he's doing this thing and he's coming back with the deer and the venison and he was just that type of guy and and no joke, the the Bible goes on, go back and read it. I I don't have time to tell, this is like lots of history in the Bible, but he's in there, uh, his brother Jacob's in there making soup and muffins or whatever and it's like doing his thing and his brother comes in and he said, I'm so hungry, I would do anything for some of that soup or that porridge or that stew that you have. And he's like, he's just craving this so bad. And he's like, well, give me your birthright. And his brother says, okay. And he trades his birthright for a bowl of soup. Okay, that's, that's what's going on in this passage. And I've heard that growing up. Like, when you're so hungry that you'll do anything, that's not the point. You, you understand in a carnal home when dad is saying, one day we're going to lead the people and God's going to do great and mighty things with us. And God has a plan for our family. If you don't believe it, it is so passive it's kind of like today, and you know in church, we go and worship God and we worship him, and we we praise the name of Jesus, but if it 's not in your heart it's just going through the motions that's, right. that's it that is exactly what's happening in this, message, uh, this passage and Esau turned around and says, "You can have i don't care a father of many nations, your grandfather all oh, this he i just have my birthright? I don't care. I'm sick of all the mumbo jumbo. Just, just give me the gumbo. That's what he was wanting. <laughs> I just, I just want the food. I don't care what it costs me. He didn't care. Just so you know, this is a spiritual issue right here. It builds up to this moment when the blessing comes in chapter 27, verse 1. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim. That he could not see. And he called Esau his eldest. And said unto him, my son. And he said unto him, behold, here am I. He said, behold, now I am old. And I know that I am at the day of death. Now therefore, take, take I pray thee, thy weapons and thy quiver and thy bow. And go out to the field and take me some venison. And make me a savory meat such as I love. And bring it to me that I may eat. And that my soul might bless thee before I die. Well, here's this, it's happening, and Rebecca's in the other room, and Rebecca overhears this. And let me tell you, sometimes the issues that our kids have is because we don't do right. That is called generational sin. And, and because you have a mouth that you just cuss out everybody, and you lose your temper, and you say, don't do as daddy does, da- daddy said those words, but you don't do that, you're a hypocrite. We don't live in the world of do as I say, not as I do. They're gonna do what you do because they see it. Train up a child in the way they should go. Sometimes you're teaching them the way to go by your actions constantly how to treat women, how to respect, how to go to church, how to be faithful, how to live sacrificial. You say, one day you're gonna grow up, I want you to be faithful to church. Well, you're not faithful now. We're, we're, we're teaching our kids habits in their life. You know what a habit is? It's something you repeatedly do because you know it's right. A good habit is. A bad habit is something you repeatedly do even though you know it's bad, but you have a bad habit of doing things. Right now, the things that you're doing in your home, you are creating habits in your kids' lives. So if you're constantly skipping out on church and then one day when they're older and they're 23 and like, I know they need God, well, when you skipped out of church all those years of raising your kids, no wonder they have no heart for God because you taught them bad habits. No, it's just the truth, because we see it over and over in the Bible. If I was to stop and ask Jacob and say, how did you make a mess of your life? He He would say, let me tell you, I started making bad decisions. I started doing the wrong thing. One lie led to another. One bad step led to another. Lives don't just fall apart. Where you're going to be in the future determines right now the step that you're going to take tomorrow. The the problems that your kids are going to have when they're 5 or 10 or 15 really starts with what the decisions that mom and dad are making when they're 1 and 2. But we look back and say, I need to get my kid in the youth group. They need to be straightened out. I'm like, well, glad to have your kid in the youth group, but there's no pixie dust we throw on your kids to straighten things out. Because you created bad habits in your home. And I'm not saying that this whole message is about hope. I promise you that, but I want you to understand that, that you say, well, it doesn't really matter. Yes, the things you're doing right now do matter in your life. It gets out of hand. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, "Behold, I heard thy father speak to Esau, thy brother saying, "Bring me venison and make me savior meat that I may eat and bless it and bless thee before the Lord." Before my death, now therefore my son, obey my voice and do which according that the Lord says unto thee to do. Because we need to obey and follow God. Unfortunately, it doesn't say that. Obey my voice according which I have commanded thee. Family drama in the making. Bad decisions in the making. Bad influence. Jacob and mom now come up with a plan they, they take these animal skins and wrap them around and make him smelly like he's been outside and like bring him before the dad that was already this uh, a fading old man that could barely see, his eyes were dim, he, all, all these issues going on. And he came to his father and said, my father, and he said, here am I. Now, I want you to write this down. I want you to remember this. I want this to be ingrained in the story. If you have your Bible out, underline this. When he says, who art thou? Who are you? Who are you? You say that, that has no significance. I promise you it has massive significance. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. It's a lie. He said, I have done according to thou badest me. He said, I did everything you said. Another lie. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat venison, that thy soul might be blessed. Bless me. And Isaac said unto him, Wait a minute. How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord hath brought me the deer unto me. Lie. Isn't it crazy how far we'll go to even pull God into our lies? God led me. God did this. No, he didn't. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and felt him. And he said, Thy voice... It's Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He's deceiving his own dad, his dying dad. It's literally just there trying to carry on the promise of what he's going to do. He tricks his dad and he discerned him him not because his hands were hairy and his brother's Esau's hands, so he blessed him and he said, Art thou my very son Esau? Are, Are you really my son? Did I just make a mistake? And he said, I am. Isaac is fooled by the smell and the clothing of his arms. But let me tell you, life does not work this way. It, it doesn't work this way. I, I can't tell you enough that, that, that if, you, if you sow seeds, and there's a verse in the Bible that says, be not deceived, God will not be mocked. You don't make a joke of God. When God is a God of righteousness and, and, and integrity in these things, God will not be made the fool. And he used this illustration, he said, whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. So he gave this illustration, if you plant corn, one day you'd go out and say, look it, there's no corn after day one. No, 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 life doesn't work that way. Go weeks, months into it, there's going to be corn there. But at the beginning of that lie, the cheating, the stealing, the, the lust, whatever... You don't see the manifestation of that. But I promise you, whatever you sow, that which you will reap. If you are sowing things that are wrong in your life, and you're doing it with your kids, and you're doing it with your influence, and you're doing it with whatever you're doing, it won't just be covered up. God doesn't work that way. You're not getting away with it. God does not ignore sin. You reap what you sow. Isaac returns. Isaac returns. He makes the soup for his dad. He's all excited, walks into the room. And Isaac, his father, said unto him, he says, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, the firstborn Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly. And he said, Who? Can you imagine that moment? Everybody involved knew something majorly wrong happened. Where, where is he that hath taken the venison and brought it to me, and have he eaten all before that thou camest? Who, who was the guy before you and blessed him? Yea, he shall be blessed. And Esau heard the words of his father and he cried with a great, exceeding bitter cry. <clears throat> when we sow seeds of dishonesty and all these things, it doesn't just go away. It hurts your kids, hurts your family, it hurts the next generation, it hurts the grandkids, hurts the grandkids. Put that in your mind. It's generations. And he said to his father, Bless me, even also, oh my father. And Isaac weeps, and everything begins to fall apart. Verse 41, and Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing where his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the day of mourning for my father is at hand or at hand. Then I will slay my brother Jacob. Rebekah is now afraid, thinking, what have I done? Now let me show you this. This is what happens. They then send him away. Isaac is on the or, or Jacob's on the run, knowing not knowing this, but... The one that he, the mom that loved him so much is now, I'll never see my son again. Isaac's, or Jacob's looking back saying, I'll never see my father again. He's gonna die. I'm not gonna be there. My brother hates my guts. I've lost everything that I had. I tried to steal and manipulate, and all that is ruined. I can't go back. I have nowhere to run. Sin will take you further than you ever planned to go. It will rob from you relationships, it will rob from you your integrity, it will steal your testimony. But in the moment, who cares? I'm just going to deceive a little bit. I'm just going to do this because Satan never tells us what's on the other side of the hook. He never does. And, and I know for some here, it's like, I know this. I know this. I know this. Stop, stop, stop. I don't want to hear this anymore. I know I've, I've messed up my life. I've got kids that won't talk to me anymore. I've got a spouse that doesn't trust me anymore. I've got integrity issues. I've got a record record. I, 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 I know that abortion that nobody knows about. I have all these things from my past. It seems ruined. Jacob runs to his uncle Laban. He's messed up as well. The uncle's with generational sin. Generational sin. You pass it on. It's just in the, in the family. Jacob works and makes this deal for Rachel, his daughter, and said, I'll work for you for seven years. If you let me marry Rachel. And Laban the deceiver that's in the family says, yeah, okay, work for my daughter. Wedding night comes. He's worked all this time. Wakes up in the morning. It was Leah, the oldest daughter. You can imagine Jacob all worked up saying, I love Rachel. I was going to marry Rachel. She was the one you deceived me. Okay, I get it. God, I reap what I sow. Something began to happen in Jacob's life where God began to get his attention. Turn his eyes back. And the problem is when you're running from God, God will run after you. You might not always listen. You might not always pay attention, he works seven more years and gets the love of his life. And, uh, and he marries Rachel. He begins to work more years to get the blessing. He said, if I work more, can I have the animals? And there's a whole thing of God blessing and changing. Anyways, I don't have time to go into it. It's a cool story, let me just say. And God blessed him like crazy. And God get a hold of his life and said, it's time to go back. In chapter 32, verse 9, and Jacob said, oh my God, My father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said unto me, Return unto thy country and thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee there. What we're about to read right now is God's grace. God gets a hold of his heart and said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go back and make it right. God will never, ever, 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 ever just say, just forget about it. Cover it up. Never worked for Achan. It won't work for you. It won't work for anybody. God brings the sins to the surface, to where God could cover it. And, and God, God takes it, and, and, and he deals with it, and he confronts it, and that's what's happening. Say, but it's so bad. Pastor Tony, it's so bad. My past, my failures, my mistakes are so bad. Let me tell you, the Bible says in Romans... About where there was an offense and there was sin that abounded. When it talks about sin abounding, sin abounding literally means it was great and it was powerful and it took over and it, it ran through my home and ran through my life and ran through my reputation. It destroys what it touches. God says, Let me tell you about my grace. Where sin once abounded, grace does much more abound. Literally saying it doesn't rule over grace. It doesn't have to be your end. It doesn't have to. Where grace steps in, when God steps into your situation, God changes what man cannot. God changes what you cannot. Let me simply put this, as closing, steps to a new beginning. Number one, you have to accept God's grace. And there's this weird thing that happens right here. So weird. Just, let's just say it's weird. Jacob is heading back to make things right with his brother. God does not ignore it. On his way back to confront his brother, he's nervous, he's tore up, I don't know if I should do this, and he sends his family in another way to take camp, and he gets alone. Why he's alone, the Bible says, and Jacob was left alone, and there he wrestled with a man until break of day. Now here's the thing, one time it says an angel, one time it says a man, we think that it was Jesus himself, because it was an angel of God of there. But all I know is in that emotional state right there, he wrestled with the guy. And you say, that is weird. I don't understand. Here's the point of this. The whole point is not trying to figure out what's going on. It's a matter of when you're running with God, you're fighting with God. And, and, And a lot of us are in that place. It's just like, I've been fighting with God for a while. God's trying to get hold of my heart and I'm trying to make changes. I'm trying to do this and I'm fighting with God. To Some of you, this is emotional. God's trying to change me. God's pulling me in the church, and then I don't. And and God's trying to get a hold of my heart. God's telling me to go make this right, and I to begin to, and then God pulls me back, and then my flesh takes over, and I'm not getting it right. Let me tell you, you will wrestle with God, but you will not win. This is just talking about the inner turmoil that he had. The fact that God was trying to pin him down, that God was running after him, and God met him in a dark time, this visual, this emotional struggle—what's going on? So it's not a matter of was it an angel of God? Was it was it God Himself? Was it just a man? Whatever, he just knew that it was a spiritual encounter that was happening in this moment. And God uses things in your life. It might not be an angel of God that happens, but it, it will be a conflict. It will be something that God uses. It will be a car accident that happens. It will be that awakening moment where you get that last DUI when you're arrested. When your wife comes up to you and says, I'm done with our relationship, something gets a hold of your life to wake you up to say, this is it, I have to make a decision. Now watch what happens in the middle of this struggle in verse 25, and he saw that he prevailed not against him, and he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was then out of joint as he wrestled him. God touches his hip in such a way that dislocates him. He gets a, 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 something that happens that disrupts what he's doing, and it hurts him. You say, what did God do? Whoa, 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 whoa. God wasn't running from Jacob. Jacob was running from God. It's amazing that things that happen when, you're, when you have that car accident or something suddenly happens, and you begin to blame God and goes, whoa, God says, whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. You're the one making these decisions. So Jacob's getting up. Now get this. Jacob's getting up, walking away with a limp now for the rest of his life because something happened, encountered, that God used not as a moment of hurting him but a moment to get his attention. Just like Peter when he denied God three times, when he denied Jesus Christ and and the crow crowed in that moment. It was a matter of God saying, Peter, I love you, but you're making some mistakes and God pulls us back. God gets a hold of our attention. God is saying in that minute, stop fighting me. It might be uncomfortable, but I promise you, God is doing something. It's just a situation that God used to put your attention back on God. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. He said, in that minute, Jacob is at that point in your life and some of you are there. I don't know what I'm doing. I just want things right. I just want God to bless me. I'm tired of not sleeping at night. I'm tired of being distraught. I'm tired of being broken. I, I, I'm tired of the distance from my family. I'm tired of these issues. I said, bless me. And God says, watch God's response in this. And he said unto him, what is your name? Told you to remember that. God did not forget his name in that moment God was literally saying who are you and he said Jacob you know what's happening here is God is confronting our sin because in that moment he was literally saying in the interpretation of it I am a liar I'm a deceiver, I'm a manipulator, I, I am. I'm, I'm messed up, dear God, I know I'm messed up. You realize that we are crying out for the blessing and God's trying to cry out to get your attention to remove that sin from your life he's asking him in that point to confess and ask who are you the bible says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness some of us are asking for the blessing and god's asking for the confession tell me who you are be real with god be honest with god Watch this, watch what happens. And, and he said unto him, thy name shall no longer be called Jacob. You're no longer going to be deceiver. You're no longer going to be this. But Israel, Israel is that promise. Israel is that future. Israel is that integrity that I'm going to give you, that nations for generations are going to come to say that Israel is somebody that God has blessed. For the prince has thou power with God and with men and has prevailed. See, God changes us. The Bible says that old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You might be right now that drunk or that alcoholic or that person with the record, that deceiver, that liar, that person with whatever it is in your life, but God does not leave you with that title. Jacob was his identity, and God says that's no longer your identity. When people show up and say, I'm the deceiver. No, you're not anymore. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Only God can do this. You are no longer Jacob. I'm going to turn you into more. So God begins to do something in his life and God begins to work in Esau's life. Here's the cool thing when you begin to get things right, the Bible talks about this. When our ways, when our steps please the Lord, he makes even our enemies to be at peace with us. Say, so how's that possible? God is not limited like we're limited. The whole time that Jacob's life is falling apart, God walks into Esau and begins to tenderize his heart, open his eyes, and woo him back in the other direction. They come together, and Esau ran to meet him, embraced him, fell on his neck, and kissed him, and they wept. He said, how is that? How is that possible? Because God restores. God confronts our sin. Listen, God confronts our sin. We confess our sin. God changes us, and God restores It does not mean there's not regret. It does not mean that there's not scars. Let me show you this. This is so cool. God picks up this broken pieces. And God blesses Jacob. Now, I have a whole nother point. Okay, so just hang on, hang on, hang on. The steps to a new beginning is to accept God's grace, but then give God praise. You ready for this? How cool is this? Say, what a weird passage. What a weird story, Pastor Tony. He talked about a dude crying with a stick. That's the story. Dude crying with a stick. Can I show you the story? Jacob walks in with a limp. Why you got a limp? There's a story behind that. Yeah, this this hip kind of knocked out a joint one time in my life. See, I, I fought God. I ran from God made a lot of mistakes in my life see that's not that that was that's what he did but it's not who he is there might be scars in our life there might be mistakes that we made but i'll tell you in that moment right there his kids are there let me tell you we talk about generational sins we talk about generational sins where you pass on the sin and the mistakes to other people let me tell you about generational blessings Only God can take something that was generational sins and turn it into generational blessings. Because the Bible doesn't say that he stood there and he blessed Joseph. The Bible says that he stood there and he blessed his grandbabies. When that sin that went from his his mom and his dad was rolling in there and he says, I'm only here as a result of that failure. He said, right now you have a choice to make. I know that I can make changes in my life that not only affect me, but affect my kids and my grandbabies. I will be the one that thanks God for the times that he got a hold of my life, but that's not my identity. He stood there as Israel on that day and he blessed his grandbabies, telling and worshiping God. I'll tell you what, his, his his tears are flowing down, and I don't know what that worship was. You do a study on that word, it talks about that he's pouring his heart before God. He's praising God, he's weeping, saying, Because God didn't leave me in the mess. That's not my identity. It's not over. The whole passage, it says, by faith, Jacob, by faith, Jacob. Here's the, here's the application. You know what faith is? faith is? Faith is trust and confidence in God. No matter where you're at, this is what faith is. Faith is believing God that I'm gonna obey God and step into this, the direction of a new beginning. You want changing your life? Don't stay where you're at.